You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. Well, welcome back to the Next Trek Podcast. Every week, we dive into the latest episode of Star Trek Discovery and give our thoughts on the final frontier. My name is Chris. And I'm Tyler. And I'm Kate. And guys, we are in episode eight of season two, more than halfway through uh, the season, guys. What, what what do we think about that? I I like this season so far, I think, better than last season. And I'm bummed to be oh, over yeah. halfway through. Now, this is an improvement in almost every way over season mm-hmm. one. I enjoyed season one as well, but this is... This is getting me some Star Trek feels. and uh, Yeah, this I'm, is I'm... giving us the Star Trek we want. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. All right, so we're going to be discussing this week's episode, If Memory Serves, and the plot synopsis is as follows. Spock and Burnham head to Talos Four, where the process of healing Spock forces the siblings to confront their troubled past. Stemets desperately tries to reconnect with an increasingly disconnected Hugh, while Tyler struggles to shed the crew's suspicion of him due to his past as Volk. So, this is, I would say, a fairly dense episode of Discovery. There is a lot going on on the surface, but also a lot going on underneath, simply because this is really calling back to several episodes of the original Star Trek series. Right, Tyler? Am I wrong in Absolutely. assuming? Okay. No, it's, it's, it's uh, referring back to the original pilot, which was never aired, called The Cage. Mm, and right, it's right. actually just random trivia for everybody. Um, this is the only time in history that I know of that, um, that a pilot was actually rejected for a TV show, and they ordered a second pilot. Um, they said, we love your show. We want to do it. We just don't want this. Um, right. And so so they, that's where Kirk came in. So Kirk wasn't in the original pilot. This is where we get Pike originally. So there's heavy ties uh, thematically and character-wise from this, not only this episode, but this whole season um, straight to this, uh, this episode of The Cage. And I, I would really urge you, if you haven't watched The Cage, um, rewatch it. I think it's, it'll not, not, I hope, and this is what, this is where we'll get in our discussion, but yeah. um, not that you can't understand the episode without the cage, but I think it just rewards. Um, it'll make it a little bit of a fuller experience if you watch the cage. Yeah, yeah I would agree with that. Cause I actually watched this episode uh, first and then I went back and watched the cage and I'm fairly certain I had not seen the whole thing before and so I got to actually have a clean read of how much did I need to know for it and uh, it definitely does a quite a bit of informing what's happening in this episode and it really helps to understand it better if you take that time would you recommend that you watch the cage first then or after as you did uh, Kate what, what do you what do you think what's the better better way um, you can make sense of the episode without. I think it enriches it more. And so I was totally fine with the way I did it, where I watched it second and it added layers to what I saw, but I wasn't lost completely without it. Got they it. added Got that it. that very extended, it's like two or almost three minutes of, of previously on Star Trek, but it was Star Trek, the original series, and they had kind of cut together a, a, an extended, almost a trailer for the cage. Um, I... Did you guys find that that was useful? I, again, because I, I rewatched the cage not not long ago before this, and uh, and I've seen it before, you know, multiple times before. Um, did, was that helpful enough, or did you guys just kind of skip through it because it's a previously on? I found oh. that more confusing, and once I watched I was the wondering. cage, I understood what those scenes meant because I was going, well, all right, well, I know who Leonard Nimoy is, but yeah. I think that's Pike, and I'm not really sure about the like. I was struggling yeah. enough with that that it it had more impact when I rewatched the episode because then I knew, all right, I know who these the people whole story are, I know why they end. matter, and so those scenes went from this weird incoherent memory to something that made sense. Yeah, no, I really. I, I dug that opening. I thought it was a really cool co- uh, callback um, just because I was familiar enough with the cage and those actors that it, it seemed a little, um, uh, I don't know, it it, it, it was, I don't, know, I don't know what the better word of this, but I'm just going to say it. It seemed ballsy for them to like come out and <laughs> yeah. be like, hey, these yeah. are the original actors. We're going to show you those. And then we're going to cut to the, the folks that we're doing right here in 2019 
um, and just expect that you're going to understand and and get it. So I kind of I kind of dug it. I thought it was it was really cool. Oh, well, it was also that way because we have different actors yeah. playing these key roles. Yes, that's what and I so mean. That was yeah, the best yeah. Scene in its own right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I that's... mean, like you said, you're you're instantly comparing now Leonard Nimoy with you know the the, the current actor. What's his yeah. name? I don't even right. Ethan Peck. Uh, Ethan Peck. So yeah. they're not shying away from that. They're like, all right, right in right. your grill here. Yeah. All right. So before we get too much further into this, because I feel I can already feel like we're going to start diving into the episode. Let's give our overall thoughts before we do that. Like, what did you think of If Memory Serves uh, just as a an episode of Discovery? Kate, what how how did you kind of approach this? What did you what did you think of of the episode this week? So if you guys listened to last week's um, episode of the podcast, I was underwhelmed with Mm -hmm. that introduction of adult Spock to this timeline. This episode gave me what I wanted so badly last week, um, and it delivered. It was um, fun. It was interesting. It was layered. It was meaningful. It was was all the things that that I didn't get last week, and I was quite pleased with it. So you felt redeemed by this week's episode, uh, the fact that yes. Spock is a part of, of kind of uh, the crew now. Well, not the crew. I don't know if he's part of the crew, but at least a part of the uh, the ensemble at the moment. So, Right. And I, you had suggested last time that if we treated last week's episode as a part one, yes. um, that might be better. And now having seen this episode, yes. I agree. Had they aired back to back, I don't think it would have bothered me so much, but waiting a week it kind of broke that. I totally agree with that. I think I think that assessment is perfect. And of course, the way that this episode ends, I'm not going to talk about it right now. But this the 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 last thing that Spock, well, not the last thing, but one of the last things that Spock does, which you want to see him do, yeah, um, is 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 a wonderful little payoff slash. And it's done with humor and yeah, yeah, I kicking like it, you know, you know, whatever, taking it to the man, that kind of stuff. It was it was quite quite good. All right, Tyler. How about you? You obviously hated this episode, I can tell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, this might be top three of uh, my favorite Star oh, Trek Discovery wow. episodes so far. Um, All right. I, I really love it. It might even be higher It because it, I liked it even better the second time. It was fantastic. Um, I would agree. And, and actually, a lot of it, it's so funny that a lot of what, what I liked about last week's episode was, I think you're right, um, Kate, but it's, this is weirdly why I liked it, um, was I was... I sort of was anticipating this episode last episode. And so it was almost like, okay, this is where I wanted it to go. And so I kind of, I think I did forgive a lot of the things last week because of what I was hoping for this week. And this week paid completely off. Um, the, the big reveal in which we'll talk about it between Spock and, and Michael was almost word for word what I expected it to be, but I absolutely loved it emotionally and i really did i loved it i thought it was great um i have a heart some people in in this uh in this recording don't but that's fine um and we'll uh yeah chris yeah, we'll talk is about making it. faces and i've got some shrug going on oh guys when it when did i become the emotional one in all of this i, <laughs> I almost oh. cried it was so good really oh, you I, i'm, not, I'm not kidding i absolutely loved it i was seeing that both times and i and the first time I was oh. predicting where it was going to go, I, I knew, word for word, we knew what was coming out of that. I think that both Ethan Peck and uh, Cinco Martin Green acted the crap out of it, and it was cut together. And again, I'm not an editor, but it, it, it was cut together really well. I loved the interchange between all of them. I, I thought it was beautiful yeah. and, and can, moving. Can we just say the same thing happened with Saru and Burnham, and you were like totally dissing that because you knew what they were going to say, but because it wasn't Spock, just put that one? out there. In Saru's big episode, a couple episodes back, yeah. with his whole death scene, you, you were oh, I liked harsh the death. No, 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 I liked the death scene. It you was were the... calling it predictable, and it just didn't land the same. I thought it was you, no, and... it was everything else. The end, I liked. The end, I really, really liked. And, and it was, it was the whole all the lead up to it. But uh, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> it's all also right. Spock. Come on, guys. Like, yeah, I, I, I know can't. you have a heart for Spock. I do. Yeah, I guess I, the, the, here's the thing. Like, I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt. Is it Spock? I'm not exactly sure. I mean, obviously it there it is, but I'm just saying like it's not my Spock yet. Um, I'm I'm not I've not uh. fully embraced him. Um, so I think maybe that's I'm not giving them the benefit of the doubt. And if it was Leonard Nimoy on the screen or even Zachary Quinto, maybe I'd be like, okay, I'm in. Um, mm. But I'm still 
I'm still getting to know him. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I don't, I'm not dissing him. I'm just saying he hasn't right. earned a place in my heart yet. This version of the character. All right. And to draw so, a connection to the cage, that version of Spock is not the Spock we know and love. And which so, is not know. apparently the, the version of, that was in this episode either, though. Right. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a very because di- he's been, you know, whatever, like in an insane asylum or on the run or comatose for the last however long it's been. Um, so, okay, what did I think? Um, I really like this episode a lot. I, I, so mm. one of the things that I um, I can feel myself doing when I'm watching television shows, it's, it's like that lean in. Um, and there's so many moments in this episode where I was leaning in, listening, uh, really aware of what was happening on the screen because it felt important. Um, and then there were some moments that I was just like, why is this in this episode? This is just a distraction, specifically the Colbert Tyler stuff. <laughs> yep. Get that stuff out of here. It was fine. It was fine, but it was totally unnecessary. And I felt so, felt so melodramatic. It felt kind of like, Hey, last week, Chris and Tyler needed to make up. And now it's going to be Culber and Tyler make up. And next week on Star Trek Discovery, it's who has Tyler wronged? Like, I don't, I, it, I, but, I kind of had enough of it. He's not even doing have. anything. He's just there. <laughs> That's the even I the know. Part. He's just getting into a turbo lift and <laughs> Culber's right. just staring at him. Oh, I'm going to get you. That, that just is so melodramatic, guys. Um, I, I wanted to like it. I want to, I mean, I love Culber. I love Stamets. I, I, kind of like Tyler. I mean, not, not really. I'm Tyler. I could do without, if they wrote him off, like they killed him off next episode, I'd be fine. I don't think he brings him. Yeah. Like if they didn't bring anything, if they didn't bring, (laughs) if, 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 if we never saw him again, I'd be fine. Um, but, um, yeah, their writing feels a little ham-fisted and mostly so about supporting the theme rather than about standing in their own right. It's not a, it's, it, they're not, they don't feel like real people. They feel like I'm here to make a point on television and it's like, come on. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Like you're not the same person. Yeah, dude, I get it. I understand. Yeah. And then the, the other thing too, the, and I, I really appreciate that they said it right afterwards, but the fact that Saru oh lets my them gosh. fight is just so crazy. All right. So I anyway, my bit, yeah, we'll, 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 sorry. I, I'm, I feel like we're diving in. Yeah. We're going to do that in just a <laughs> second. But all I'll say is, is overall, I think, I think this episode is wonderful. It's fantastic. Uh, it is, uh, there's some really great moments. But there are also some things in it that I think that they could have done without that were a little bit too distracting that took me out of it. But where I most of this episode, I was leaning in, listening and really having a great time. Okay, Mm -hmm. so we've all made lists of some of our the things that have stood out to us in this episode. kind of where, where do we want to start what do you, what do we think that there are the things that we we've already mentioned the previously on was fantastic that was the first thing i wrote on my list as i was watching it. i was like man that previously on was really really great what else we, what do we want to talk about first tyler do you have anything that you kind of want to bring up um to get well, us started do we do we want to just hit the the really big you know the talos yeah. four whole thing first and please let's do okay. it um i first just Calling back to the original series, I, I loved the recreation of Talos IV, the singing blue plants, uh, you know, from our straight out of the original. I think that was that was really good. Uh, I think it's the exact same quarry, though, that they shot in um, during the uh, the Mirror Universe episode where they go to find they meet Mirror Volk um, and they're like, I think it's the exact same location, but that's fine. Uh, it was like I was like, I we have been on this set before. Um, but it's fine. Whatever. It, uh, I, I thought it looked really good. I think, um, I didn't as much love the look of the Telosians. Um, I actually liked the practical effects of the original. And, and so maybe that's just me, the veins that were, the, the originals were a little cooler. They yeah. were cooler. Um, and, uh, but I, I liked what they did with them. I just think the look, the, that was the only thing that the look wasn't amazing. I, yeah, I, ha- I have to say that I feel like these were a little bit more intimidating. The, yes. the ones in the cage seemed like little, much more puny people yeah. that just were powerful. Which is sort of the point that, that Roddenberry was making was that, um, they've, they've evolved so much that their brains are so powerful and their bodies have sort of. I don't know withered is the right word, but they, they are not using their physical bodies as much. And so they're mm-hmm. not imposing, um, they're not imposing, uh, characters and yet they're so imposing mentally. 
Um, yeah, they actually cast a bunch of women in with yes. the Talosians because they wanted both the androgyny and the smaller stature. Right. And, and then overdubbed physical. their their voice with male voices. Right, yeah. right. Um, so th- those were my only critiques of it. I, I absolutely loved our, our surprise guest star of Melissa George as Vina. Yes! Who I've, I've always loved her from Alias, and she's, she's done a lot of different things. But um, she and Anson Mount, guys... I'm sorry. Like that <laughs> was just like, I, I like had a, I had to like mop my brow a little bit. It was just steamy. I, I Whoa, absolutely Tyler. loved it. Uh, there, the, you're at a whole I, I different level than I was. I, I, was say, I, mean, I, haven't, I haven't gone online yet to see, but I guarantee the you the amount of fan mean? fiction that has just been written <laughs> in the last few days. Um, because what I, well, what I loved about it is the chemistry was palpable and the two of them um, who are recreating the, you know the the very first you know on-screen star trek romance you felt yeah. it i think they did a great job with it um and she does a good job of kind of being ethereally um you know she's on Talos four she's working with the Talosians, but she's also sort of their prisoner and yeah. i i loved what they did together in the episode yeah mm-hmm. i felt like the original pike suffered in comparison to Anson Mount's betrayal of 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 him and this oh, th- this pike is so yeah. much more personable and emotionally intelligent and he's got a charisma that the original guy was a whole lot more buttoned up and like you could tell he was just like overly internalized and yeah um, well I, and, I, I like our new pike better now yeah yes Anson Mount has this is eight episodes now of being pike whereas Jeffrey Hunter had one you know and even um no now I'm forgetting who played him in uh, in the spin-off movies the um the Abrams first movies, Bruce Greenwood, you know, he's only been on screen, you know, for another total of, of two hours. I mean, Anson Mount is Pike now. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm, yeah, he's, he is a much more nuanced character, but you can sort of see where he gets some of his, his mannerisms as Pike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I, uh, I, I think, it was really cool to see that kind of relationship and, and really neat to see like the, um, like you said, etherealness of it. It was very, and it keeps reminding me of, I don't know why I keep mentioning this, but very much like the wormhole aliens, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. And it's just so odd. Cause, because she, one of the things though, they, they only say they didn't show, which I found interesting was that apparently there is a version of Christopher Pike on. Yeah. Talos yes. four that she's been hanging out with this entire yeah. time. They never show him. I was I hoping we would see that. Yeah, I really I was, was just like yeah. off smiling in the background, like waving to them or something. I don't um, know about that, but yeah. yes, it would have been interesting <laughs> to see what was going on there. But I think that was, that was in, um, and that's also, the last shot of the cage is that is, uh, they, they look down, which is weird that he didn't know it, but, but, but whatever the last shot of the cage is there. They're, uh, um, they're looking down at the entrance to the Telosian's cave and right. Pike is holding her hand walking into the elevator. So got it. That's cool. That's cool. I also really liked this is a little like um, a techno te- tech touch to this is that there's so many retro sound effects happening yes. here too, uh, which is really neat. Like when, when the, uh, the effect of the whatever the tele uh, projection, whatever you telepathic projection, yeah. whenever it would come on or go away, it was this nice old seventies oh, so sound. It was it was very rich. Uh, they did a very good job of being true to the like you said canon that has come before. Um, so that was that was really enjoyable to to see that. Um, so yeah, I, I moving on. I just real quick. I, mean, I don't know if there's anything else we want to say that's kind of light there, but. We should probably talk about like this angel stuff. Oh man, um, we get some revelations this... in this episode. Yeah, um... <clears throat> human confirmed. Yeah. yeah. So he and he even says uh, almost offhand, human, nothing more, because um, he so so Spock has been lured to this unknown planet. We don't know where it is. Although it reminded me of the little snowy planet that that we uh, well, we find him well... in in. Let's, uh, let, the, the we're getting ahead of we're getting ahead of ourselves. Getting ahead of ourselves. Let's talk about when the first time he met the oh yeah the angel. Kate, do you want to walk us through this? I feel like um, we we've been talking over you this entire time. So Kate, like, do you want to walk? Like, what what did you think of number one, the description of the angel, and then how it appeared like this first time to to Spock? I actually had a question mark about that. That maybe your memories can clear up mine. Sure. 
um, when uh, Michael Burnham first arrives uh, to be to live in Sarek's home, he's already uh, Spock. Child Spock is already drawing the angel. But if he if the red angel only appears to him whenever she runs away later. Was he I already don't think drawing? he's drawing it then. No, he's drawing something like a, it's a weird snake thing. It was a dragon, remember, oh, that comes out and right. like, yeah. Comes okay, because like, he made the connection her. of drawing your fears, and so he was drawing the red angel later. And then it comes up later. Okay. Yeah. That's the piece I could not that. remember because I'm like, this timeline doesn't work. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That. I don't, I don't believe we've seen him in that in that moment drawing uh, a red angel okay. i could go back i might be wrong uh, he but says I think that's right. the red angel first appeared to me the night you ran away okay. uh, yeah which so, we didn't know anything about until this episode we've not known that 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 right. happened yeah so we get the red angel as a part of the memories um on talus four when the solutions are showing them uh spock's memories of yeah. how the red angel first appeared well, let's let's and, also sorry to, to, to mm-hmm. stop you there, just also to really quickly hit the why of all of this they're they're showing us all of these these memories um because spock's mind has broken from reality and he's experiencing time as a fluid they say um and so he's he's, he's experiencing time out of order which is why he's trying to ground himself in logic um, to kind of reorder his mind by himself, they're going to try and reorder his mind um, themselves. And again, they even say by breaking him with logic. So that's that's why we're going to get these weird time jumps in his memory. This is right, all mumbo jumbo, right? No, nobody's <laughs> like following this, right? Like nobody's like, oh yeah, no, that makes sense. Once you break from logic, you break from time. This is oh no, before, I don't think right? it's I don't think it's you break from logic, you break from time. He the red angel messed with him. Uh, like this this. Um, that mind meld with the red angel, despite the fact that he goes only human, nothing more mm. that um, it, he, the red angel showed him a vision of the end of the, of the end of the universe, the end of all sentient life in the, in the universe. Um, and uh, so basically it stuck uh, a giant spoon in the cauldron yeah, of the time portion stirred. of his brain and stirred it up really yeah. hard. Well, he, he, he basically says time is logic and uh, no, logic is time. And um time is emotion and emotion he has this entire like uh flow chart uh, mm-hmm. explaining how all that happens and i was like time Does is he? logic what i don't remember what does that all? even mean well he goes through time logic and emotion he was looking for a constant oh, to yeah, hold on to right. in the midst of all that and all of those things were failing well him. because and they and they should be right logic lo- logic should be a constant in the universe it, it should be um you know science should be a constant in the universe but, and so he's all these things he's trying to do it himself, which is why I, I liked the solution. You know, yes, sure, it's a little bit ham. It, there's some ham fisted things in this episode, but, you know, let's go, we could just be going back to Telos 4 for nostalgia's sake. Um, but it's actually, no, let's go to the most powerful beings that I know um, right. to mess with my mind and put it back. Um, because, and go to a painful place in my own history right. to do it. Right, and that's right. their payment, which I like, and that's tied right back into the cage too. Their payment for this help is, you need, you know, show me this memory. That's the ham-fisted part. I, I accept it. Um, seriously, ham-fisted part, because we've been alluding to this memory this entire time, and now she has to show it to them. But, but whatever. Like, it's, I, I don't care. Like that works at least with um, character-wise with the Telosians. They, they are voyeurs that you know the, the cage the menagerie that is their those are the two episodes that feature them in the original series both of them involve you know containing something and watching um the mm-hmm. menagerie is a zoo you know they they hold beings there to see and then probe their minds to see how they are so i i whether it's ham or not and it is i whatever it's fine it's more emotionally resonant because they yes. could have brought his mother in as another family member to help him yes. anchor things but that would not have had the same effect on the viewers as michael burnham's story because we're here for her right. yeah for real yeah. so yeah so going back to his childhood in his memories in his first uh visitation of the red angel um uh, michael burnham as a child runs away because she's um concerned about Spock's safety and in the family's safety um because the logic extremists um have a problem with humans and she is a human um living with a vulcan family and so um similar to where we've already seen the red angel appear in the church when something bad was going to happen and over uh saru's uh, planet i'm now blanking on the name um where bad things are going to happen the red angel appears but as we learn in this uh circumstance the red the the significance of the red angel 
is not just that something bad is going to happen, but that by an intervention occurring, in this case, saving Michael Burnham's life because she was set to die here, the future is changed by protecting or saving um, on New Eden, the people there, on Saru's planet, the changes there, and then in her, uh, her own past with uh, her brother Spock. Yeah. Um, it's this. How did that guy, how did that fly for you guys? Did that work for you? It definitely makes us more significant. It, it, what basically we now know is that we're we're in an altered timeline, right? This is not supposed mm-hmm. to be the way it was supposed. She was supposed to die by the hand, in the the hands of this whatever animal thing, creature right. on Vulcan. So you she know, she was also supposed to die possibly when her parents, uh, you know, got blown up as well. So who knows about that? Right, right. She mm-hmm. cheated death apparently now multiple multiple times. So. Yeah, but what it seems as though is is that this Red Angel is trying to protect Michael, keep her alive for some unknown reason. And then there's another force out there someplace trying to set it back. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know. I, I It's going to be an interesting, I don't know, an interesting uh, reveal when we find out what this is all about. But now we know, I think for sure, the constant is Michael, right? Yeah. So, right. so was it maybe her... I have no idea. Like the first time it showed up with this church thing, I, I'm still trying to figure that out. Like, what does the red angel that's have in the to past, do? So how? Yeah, we may but, not have enough information yet. Yeah. We might right. see a future episode that recontextualizes that for us. Right. I mean, exactly. So the red angel is Michael, right? Like, that's that's where I'm at. I, I'm very much at the red angel is Michael somehow in the way in the future. But maybe I'm not I'm ready wrong. to make that leap yet. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that I am either. I still feel like it's Arium. I. I I, I don't know. Maybe she's been reprogrammed by Michael. Maybe perhaps it is Michael yeah. who is pulling the Who's strings. Doing it at the very least. But I'm yeah. not exactly sure that it is Michael in the suit. Um, mm. I still feel like Arium is is and, under Michael's control from the future right now. And that's what um, we're going to see. Although, actually, see, I would disagree because I think with Arium, um, I think that the like you guys just said, there's there's got to be these two factions or whatever two sides to this conflict michael or or the red angel is yeah. is trying to fix stuff and uh it, whatever did whatever it was to arium where whoever hacked arium um and sent that probe they're trying to i think uh keep it on the same trajectory to destroy everything so yeah so i think we'll see yeah, you might be right it might be ne- section 31 and i'm you know yeah, or section 31 too the, the the reason the reason why i think it's section 31 is because so I know this is, I mean, we are like, this is tentacle city. That's right fine. Now. Right. So like, I'm, I'm going to, tr- I'm trying to keep this all on track, but it's, it's kind of blowing my mind, even though I was talking about it early in this or later in this episode, I should say, um, we find out that somebody has been sending what three signals, three unauthorized signals. Saru brings mm-hmm. it to right. Captain Pike's transmissions, attention. Yeah. yeah. Transmissions. Um, and, uh, it is a, associated or attributed to Tyler doing yeah. it. So Tyler gets put in the brig. It's his, his codes or whatever. Correct. Um, Which is clearly then, Arium, right? And then a few minutes later, they, you know, Section 31 finds them. And, th- and then Captain Pike says, well, it can't be Tyler because Tyler's been in the brig this entire time. Right. So that would have clear him. Yeah. So so Tyler's, Tyler's been cleared because he wasn't there. So it, now they know it was somebody else. And it had, like you said, Tyler, that's got to be Arium. So somehow Arium, I think, is tied to letting Section 31 know that that they're, you know, that they're going to Talos Four, and and that's how they're able to 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 keep up with the whole the whole deal. Mm-hmm. I'm still not convinced though. This isn't a, a game of dominoes, and mm. they needed that Section Thirty One ship to be there for a certain reason. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I still right. I'm still not sure it's malevolent. It may actually be benevolent. Um, yeah, we'll we don't know enough at this point. Um, we can only make guesses. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, right. I thought it was also noteworthy that they char- that Spock characterized the Red Angel as uh, lonely and desperate. Yeah, um, desperate oh, I did not makes catch sense that. in the context of the universe's ending, but lonely is an interesting choice. What did you think? Tyler? Yeah, I mean, that, oh, yeah. that describes Michael Burnham, does it not? <laughs> but it also okay. des- it also describes, and this is the other a discovery a thousand years in the future, yeah, right? Very true. Very true. So, true. Um, so I mean, it c- it could very well be this whole, you know, Michael sent something back in time, told Discovery to sit there, AI grew, 
you know, like this all could be this crazy like thing, or it could be super simple. And I, it probably is super simple. And it may just be, oh, it's Michael. If it's that, I'm I'm bummed. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I like this idea that it's Discovery's computer. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. There's also a super nerdy point about time that we don't have to really explore, but I feel like it's worth making the point that we have um, this timeline that we're in. Yeah. We have the one that we're being steered toward, mm-hmm. but we also have a mirror universe, which is technically another timeline with the same people in it. And so do we have yet another reality? Like, are we expanding the number of realities that we're talking about here? Well, we also, I mean, um, I mean, you got the Kelvin universe too, that obviously is upcoming, right? I mean, so is this the Star Trek multiverse? And at some point, one of the shows is actually going to be, you know, a different multiverse. I don't, I don't think they're going to do that. I, I, I think that they have been so careful to say this is this is a prime timeline, that, especially this episode, especially this. Discovery is, but will all the other shows be? Yeah, I, I think so. I, yeah. I, I think okay. I think CBS has to do I think they have to do that actually but I, I don't know I may, I, might be I mean wrong. they could create their own they could create their own that's tr- that universe. is true that, I mean but, I guess yeah I guess technically the mirror universe like you said Kate is I mean they could do a mirror universe it's show canon. sure sure yeah it's true right. and it's in the prime universe it's just completely different oh the, stop it prime stop, stop it problems. stop it please <laughs> But know. it's it's an attractive idea because it gets them out of some of the canon problems yeah it is sure. or could. But okay, we don't have to go down that road, but I felt like it was worth mentioning while we were at this intersection of of conversation. Um, What else with the Red Angel am I missing? Well, I mean, I think, okay, so the first time they met, it was over his bed, right? But it was was actually... It just showed him what what was about to happen to Michael. Yeah, and he was dreaming at that time too. I don't even know if the red angel and the red angel came came to him more in a vision uh, yeah. at that time. Told him where Michael would be. Told his parents, and then his parents took a ship and saved Michael, thus altering the timeline. Or so we're told. Now, is that the right. same night where they have the big conversation? I think it is. Correct. Like, she's. I don't think so. No. Because it, I mean, it's when she runs off, isn't it? It's, it's she runs off and away. Hmm, but I, I don't know, honestly. I, I, I tried to figure it out, but I'm not because sure. Because did the dream happen after she gets rid of him and he's gone to bed for the night? And right. Then, so, yeah, that's okay, how I so wrote it, but I wasn't if, sure. If that's the case then, so what you're saying is is that there is an event. So, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to skip ahead here, but because this is, this is something that I did not understand. This is a genuine problem that I had with the episode that kind of bothered me is so Spock at the end of this episode basically tells Burnham that the reason why he no longer wants to be pals um, is because when she was younger, she, she wanted to protect him and lied to him and said that she didn't like him that you know he was you know a bad him a half breed well, she makes yeah, a, she makes a racist slur I'm, I'm there yeah so so that's why that was that's what drove him to logic so you're saying that that same night that he was feeling those things the red angel visited him he saved her life but then yet but, afterwards still i don't know that that jives why with what, when michael burnham comes to him at that exact moment you mean in the vision of the red angel and saves herself and yeah I'm just saying, I it's wait. Say that again. Say that again. One Michael time. Burnham, the Red Angel, comes to him, and oh. on that night, why would she pick that night, right? Why would you know? I that's it's it's all no. To but me, I'm saying, but I'm saying that that Spock was so concerned for his for his um, foster um, yeah. sister. So sister. no pun intended. The emotional logic of the situation doesn't track, is what you're saying, Chris. Right, I don't understand what you're saying. Saying Tyler is. Let's just your, yeah. your timeline of events is um, Tyler and not Tyler. One, one, your Tyler. Spock. There's Spock. too many Tylers in this whole. So, so what's happening right now? I'm so sorry. So Spock and Michael have a falling out. She leaves. He goes to bed. Yep. She uh, is going to be attacked and killed. Yep. The Red Angel comes to him that night. Yep. He tells his parents. She is saved, comes back, leaves again. No, and... I don't. Th- I don't think she leaves again because when we first we get in the first season, we get those flashbacks of Michael 
uh, being brought aboard, Disco uh, not aboard Discovery, aboard the Shenzhou uh, to meet Giorgio for the first time. She's with Sarek. I don't believe that Michael Burnham. This now, this is where I have the logical problem. So that that night is not my problem. The the where I have the problem is that we have this major break between Spock and Michael. Um, where they, they haven't spoken in years. Sarek doesn't know why they haven't spoken in years. And yet it happened when, when he was like six years old and she was like 10. Um, that, that doesn't work for me is that they had, they lived in the house for the next X well, number of years together. So, they had to. So right? what you're saying is, is that he saves her life because of what the red angel said. But then when she comes back, he's like, I still hate you. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you anything about life. this red angel that I saw. Yeah. Yeah. I, that I was right. Agreed. And, and then we're going to hate, I'm going to hate you for the rest of my yeah. life. That's, that's where I had the, yeah, you're right. The problem with the episode was, was it should have been, um, like the, the right angel could have happened earlier. I think that the, the, their major conflict should have happened, you know, uh, the day that he leaves for the, for Starfleet, whatever, like th right. there should have been something later. Um, I, it might've, maybe they were trying to not be as convoluted by not adding in a third timeline to the, you know, to these flashbacks and, and it, it fixes it for me a little bit. And it's again, maybe I'm just trying to put a bandaid on, on my head cannon here, but like, we've got, um, we've got all of the, the, <laughs> Sorry. Headcanon. Band-Aid on your headcanon was just funny. Sorry. He's trying to make headcanon a thing, guys. And he's, he's going to keep going. Thing, Chris, it's okay. It's keep going. Keep you going. believe in it or not. Uh, I'm putting I'm putting links in our in our show notes this, this time Your headcanon. It's all good, man. Chris needs to do some reading. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You, you I just gave. I just, I just gave. I just gave Tyler uh, a, a, a salute. A, a salute. gesture that was not the same as "Live Long and Prosper." Um, I don't know what you're talking about. That's the only suit. I, a salute I know. All right, go ahead, Tyler. Keep going. Keep saying so what maybe, you're saying. Maybe it's making in your head it, it, it. It worked for me. I'm just trying to make it work. Is is because they they do all of this editing and and let's let's just talk about it. You know, so he's he's. Um, um, she she calls him this this mongrel half breed and she's she's giving him a racial slur. But as this conversation is actually being depicted, I I seriously loved how it was done. Was that it was um, we start with a conversation between young Spock and young Michael, and then it interchanges between um, older Spock and older Michael, kind of speaking to it, interchangeably to their younger you know selves, which sounds weird, but it it is done so effectively that I kind of forgave in the moment forgave the the weirdness of that timeline because mm -hmm. it's more about the fact that it was a it's it's a still living present thing to the two of them that it kind of doesn't matter the moment that it actually happened it's it's because it's right. this rift between them it's both a personal from the past and it's in the present it's the blurring of past and present right. in a very artful way right and, and they maybe could have just added again but i could see it being confusing for viewers like if if they like i could see their their rationale for not wanting to confuse viewers by like not throwing in a young adult you know michael and spock into the timeline like who are these things Here's so. here's something that I'm considering with that. So in that timeline of they've had their rupture, but then after that he has the dream of the red angel and sends the angel after uh, his sister to save her life. I think given how young he was, it may have taken, like he was really hurt in the moment, but yeah. it may have taken time for him to fully process what happened. Yeah. And it could be that the rupture wasn't, the thing that permanently changed their relationship but if how she acted towards him from then after on that continued yeah. that yeah. then I... yes what i was gonna say can i put my um tinfoil hat on sure he, we didn't see all of the um the discussion the red angel mm -hmm. and him had and he he the, he was the red angel was kind of like hey spock um you need to uh, act like you hate your sister and um, and uh, and this this interaction they have on Talos seems so forced to me. Spock is like, I hate you now too. It feels like he's doing exactly what she did to him, where he is actually trying to protect her from something. I have a feeling that's is that is exactly what's happening. Is that Spock knows something that we don't? We have not been told yet, 
and he is trying to keep her from being emotionally connected to him for some reason that is either is going is either going to be too painful for him or maybe um, you know he needs her to do a b or c and not uh, feel attached to him because we also know that in the future we never hear of Michael Burnham. Yes. Um, so yeah. there there might be like a a, a, a legit reason why um spock is telling her uh you know i don't like you anymore like th- this might be like a like a legitimate like timeline that's really reason. interesting because i could see him doing that to protect his sister and calling her a catalyst it's true but it's also emotionally painful for her well, yeah. and, and she's and, a literal catalyst yes for not, not just like uh, yes like because yeah. as i was re-watching that episode th- that, that moment i was like is spock doing exactly what, what she said she, she was going to do. Yeah. yeah. Well, he even said, he, he does say it because like, as they're cu- talking about it, I feel like it's, it's, it's when he's kind of back and right to himself and, and they're about to leave. Tell us for, um, it's right after that memory. He goes, I, I know what you were doing. Like, I, I'm not stupid. It made sense to me. And so I wonder right. then if he, you know, used that to flip it because he's doing the same thing. That's, and that's since not a, he's known that idea. all along and their relationship, he's kept it distant. That right. choice. Because, Why do that if there's because not I think he al- resentment? Yeah, no, because he also knows that Michael is headstrong and will do a silly, stupid thing to protect him. Yeah. I mean, so she just pr- went to a forbidden planet to save her brother. Right. So, and yeah. she ran off when they were young and almost got killed. So he may right. be trying to quite literally save her by acting this way because this is not the Spock that we know. And and, yeah. and, and, and there's never been this. It, it's so weird. It's just like, well, all right, I guess this is the Spock that we're yeah, going Yeah, resentful with. Spock never made sense. And no, so it this, doesn't. this it makes doesn't. more sense. This is a deeper game that's more um, uh, respectful to who he is as a character. I hope it's true. Well, this is what I'm saying. I, 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 can, I already see this, this, this moment where Spock n- then now goes off by himself again to complete a task and then you know, whatever the season finale, Michael shows up and Spock was like, I told you I didn't want you to be here for a reason. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and there's like this timeline moment. And because she shows up now, there's, you know, greater, greater risk to mm. whoever or whatever. So anyway, I don't know. That's my, that's my conspiracy theory of the week. Um, <laughs> or well, your, like uh, your headcanon, yeah. you might say, where you're trying my, to figure out. I don't goes, know what that or... is. I don't know what that is but okay so did you guys like it when they directly pointed at the audience with the whole beard joke i loved it i loved it <laughs> is that beard oh. working for you <laughs> can we have another conversation than this yeah is that beard working oh so good i that i liked i i liked all of their interaction um yes together i think it was really good um i want more of the brother sister banter you know between the two of them i i think it'll be I think it'll be good if we if we do get to see more of it. Did you so, like the joke whenever? Um, well, this is jumping ahead a little bit, but whenever they get projected later, the goodbye Spock joke. Oh, I was goodbye I was like, he's Spock. not gonna say it. He's not gonna say it. Oh, he said <laughs> he it. It was did. great. See, this is another reason why I feel like Spock is just saying mean stuff to her to say mean stuff to yeah. her. Man, he's also yeah. he he is weirdly in this episode because of what's happened with the Telosians, he's been disconnected from logic. So I also, I like that he get, he smiles to, at Pike, although he smiles in the cage. This is when, when Twitter lost its mind for the, with this, the first trailer, which featured Spock and Spock smiles, um, which by the way, was a bigger smile than the one we saw in this episode. He, ba- well, he, he barely smiled in a mock time. Didn't he too? He smiles in a mock time. He smiles in, uh, in the cage. I mean, a big, when he, he like, he like holds the little singing plant um, and like grins from ear to ear. Mm-hmm. I was like, you people shut up all of this. Not my Spock, not my Star Trek. You, you haven't watched Star Trek before then because like that, that kind of stuff irritates me. This whole, <laughs> this whole, well, <laughs> this whole proprietary nature of fandom. If like, or, or like right. actually be, actually be the geek that you're pretending to be then if and, and watch it and, and continue it, continue and- it then. <laughs> Wow. And you you can't have your own opinion for Pete's sake. Well, not my Spock because he smiled. He smiles. Like he smiles in canon multiple times. Stop it. But what makes that moment even greater near the end when he smiles when he's seeing Pike again is then it's Burnham who does the eyebrow lift. It's so Vulcan. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. 
they, oh, they played that beautifully. It works it good. so well. Yeah, that projection trick at the end, I saw it coming from a million miles away. But I still but Ditto. I still enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah of course. I, no, of course. It was great. And though. I love that they do it at the beginning with the black hole, you know, that like that which by the way, once again, great effects uh in Star Trek Discovery here. Um although it looked like it was a shot copied directly from Interstellar, but that's fine. Um it was Do we care? No, no, no I don't care. It was beautiful. It was really well done. And I loved I just loved the bait and switch of of like Oh shoot! This is really weird. And then, and then going, no, these Telosians are crazy with their mind tricks. And it was, oh, I loved it. I thought it was great. So, um, I want to get your guys' thoughts on a couple of the 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 more not not I guess I'll just say smaller moments in this episode, specifically in the Spock. Um, uh, I don't know what you call it, like um, flashbacks that we get. Mm-hmm. Um, Number one that I realized and I noticed that they said was that the signals he says are an attempt to communicate. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that means. I don't. Other than the fact that they're just trying to tell us where there's bad stuff going and that we need to, you know, help whoever's uh, near these signals. It's like a doggy treat for a science vessel. Ooh, cool thing we can't explain with science. Let's go Let's there. Go. Exactly. It's true. That's well, good. Okay. Remind me, is this he he says that. Um, I think if I'm putting this together right, he says that when he's drawing on the floor of his cell, Correct. Um, yes. which by the way, then we get our big reveal, um, which we knew uh, all along, you know, he's, he did not murder these people. They and walk the whole out emotional break with reality. That was just all BS. And it felt like BS. when we. Oh yeah. Got I, it. I honestly think he just needed a place to go meditate mm-hmm. for a while. Like he was just in there for, and, and needed to get cut off. And then uh, I, I, yeah. I agree. And this is going to be the next thing I was going to bring up what you just said, but sure. what I wanted to ask you was what, are we actually seeing the reality though? Because Spock doesn't he, lie at the very least. I don't think Spock lies. Uh, what is it in uh, Discovery? Oh, I, um, you mean Undiscovered, Undiscovered Country? In, in Undiscovered Country? Come on! But he she's lie. in his mind. She's in his mind. Like, is he is he gonna lie about murdering? This is, so you think he actually murdered people? Hang on just a second. This is what he says. He doesn't say I didn't murder these people. He says. Does this look like murder? Uh, he asks a question. He's actually Dude. really mad about it because she questions him, and he's actually really mad. He's but like, when Giorgio like, answers a question with a question, we know she's evading. So why not Spock too? That's oh my crazy. gosh, we just, just compared saying. Spock to Giorgio. <laughs> I can't, guys. I quit the podcast. All right. I'm just saying. I thought that was really odd that he that he wouldn't. I mean, yeah, that's obviously something that she is concerned over like maybe you didn't have control over your whatever it was you're well going and it was nuts. a way to provoke emotion and hurts a way to put her on the defensive right. um because it wasn't a truly logical answer which isn't to say that it's for nefarious purposes but he he was right. clearly manipulating her no, no, I, I Spock, you, Spock lied about murdering just because just, no no no, no. not about murder tyler <clears throat> no he just he just said he just he deflected it, there you go that, that's what i'm saying it was obviously a way to get under her skin. Um, that's all. And for all yeah. there was something else that happened in that memory that we weren't paying attention to because we were focusing on the emotional content of it that might mean something later, and that's part of you know the distraction game. Right. Yeah, that's true. Mm. That's true. Yeah, I, I have a feeling there's more. There, there's something hidden there, and and you're you might be right, Kate. That this is just a deflection. A like, hey, you weren't actually. You were looking at the wrong thing. Right. And I think that's what Spock's saying is, is that you're looking at the wrong thing right now. It'd be interesting to see if we, go yeah, because back to he also moment. makes the point of saying later that that was all that she needed to see. So there's a lot more that was implied in what she hasn't seen. So just extrapolating for that real quick, and then we can move on. Does that mean that section 31 shows up and kills three that's people? That's what I read that as. Yeah. Yes. That's my read of that too. Well, and what was our number that we were told before? Cause I, I feel like we were told he had killed, like six people or or something like that or nine people before. I thought it was a bigger number than three, but maybe maybe I just remember being wrong. I always for some, for some reason in my head I've always gotten three, but maybe oh, okay, but yeah, it's, it's possible. I just I just heard it wrong. Death toll I got that. I think that there was perhaps a larger number in terms of of attack or like not death. Oh, maybe not yeah. Um, anything so, else in the Spock area? Um. I mean, there's a lot going on here, guys, and I know we're going to dive back into this episode because it was so dense, but I think mm-hmm. that's that's pretty much all that I've had on my notes. I did want to make a final point about sure. how we did not have 
very much time with Spock and Pike interacting, but they did a great I job conveying a depth did. of relationship without even a lot of words. Like just the, the facial expressions that Pike gives mm. him and the interplay, the, they had a great depth of relationship in very short of time. Agreed. I think the only the only I I, I agree with that completely. Um, which I, I really like. He's been on the ship for five years before. Um, the only problem that this might come for me is like I might actually get a little jealous on Kirk's behalf. Like I was waiting um, for that. I'm for sorry. You. Like and I, which is which is crazy because Pike is Pike is quickly becoming like top two captain for me. Like he is right there. Uh, for yeah. Oh. Yeah, oh, he's up there, and I don't know where. Like, I, anyway, we'll, we can talk about that later. Um, but, but, yeah, Spock, Spock is not really. I don't know if he's allowed to to be best buds with a, with a ca- one of his captains before. But, but it, it still seems like a. I'm sorry, it's Kirk and Spock and McCoy, and that's it. That's it. But can I say fine. that maybe Pike warmed him up and prepared yes. him for well, Kirk and, and company? And this didn't seem like friendship as much as respect for for uh, like I mean yes friendship almost. yeah camaraderie more yeah more than um, brotherhood which is what we'll see with with Kirk and Spock so um, it's okay Kirk and Spock can still have their bromance in the future it's all right it's fine we'll <laughs> all right so should we go ahead and leave this uh, this group and. Uh, maybe briefly chat about what's happening with uh colber and tyler saru and others because yeah. it's really just that one you know two or three scenes right there's the the scene with colber and and stamets in their quarters and where uh colber freaks out and then there's the scene in uh the uh, the mess hall where colber freaks out and then there's <laughs> the scene after it where they talk about how colber freaked out so <laughs> Uh, I, wow, I Tyler! Wow, <laughs> way to be nice to a guy who's been through some trauma. I mean, yeah. he was like dead, and I, then sort of in between. I it's really weird. I loved it the first time I watched it, and the second time I really didn't like it. I, I and have I don't know trouble why. with that as a plot contrivance, but I still think that Wilson Cruz acted the heck out of oh yes, what he was given to work with yeah. Um, and they're setting up, I think, future conflicts for him and for Stamets because Stamets is thinking, I got my husband back, but the reality is, is he got somebody else back and he's got to figure that out. An interesting thought I had that ties the, the Ash Culber stuff together. Um, this is going to seem like I'm wandering a field a little bit, but, um, whenever Pike asks, ask, asks, Ash, um, I think we have to make this. Not a clean version of this episode. <laughs> um, if when he asks him why he joins Section Thirty One after what he's been through, he effectively gives a sales pitch for Thirty One of yeah. traumatized people who are outsiders. They find a place to serve there. And I, when I wrote that in my notes, I went, "Huh, that kind of describes Colbert now." I put so that is in Culber my notes. Gonna leave for Section Thirty One at some point whenever yes, he can't he stand is. being on Discovery with Stamets anymore because Stamets is all like, "But I want us to be still a thing." And they and I, he's I'm dressed just... all in black. He's already wearing the uniform. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> if it was I, only I, if it was only leather, then he yes. would be in. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's <laughs> when you sign up. But you yes. know, next up. Yeah. I did notice he was also wearing uh, slip-ons when he was fighting uh, uh, Ash. And I was like, dude, you're not going to beat up the Klingon (laughs) in in slip-ons and pajamas, but that's fine. Oh, man. Um, So anyway, that's my sort of maybe prediction. But if nothing else, even if he doesn't go to Section 31, it gets conflict set up. Yep. I completely agree. I I thought the same thing. I I just think this was, I think you've already said this, Tyler, way too ham-fisted. And also a lot of... Uh, you know, there's this rule in movies and television is show, don't tell. There was a whole lot of telling. You're right. Wilson Cruz was acting, but I don't think it was all that interesting. Like, I it was sure it was it was fine, but like, I didn't really emotionally connect where I kind of it's just I feel like they're doing a huge disservice to this relationship. It feels so contrived. And I just yeah. I, I wish that they would do a better job with it because they set it up pretty well in the first season. Um, but I just think they're just really fast forwarding through mm-hmm. all of Culber's yeah. 
stuff and it right it, it, he's being it, shortchanged out of this and this is like my 50th time. time of making the argument if we're on streaming why aren't we having longer episodes because right. a longer episode would give them time to develop this in a more natural way right yeah and i don't even think it, this this is relationship stuff so this isn't even like you know heavy visual effects stuff it doesn't need right. to be it's two it dudes just, in a room you know right well, well it could have been it it should have been he he runs into him a second time in the turbo lift like and they're trapped together for a minute like you know instead of going and finding him i mean but again a series of things not just one issue like we we needed a build we got one scene yeah and then we when then we have the fight you know well so i mean you know culber's new whatever it is his new personality or i don't know whatever however you want to describe it is just obviously very angry and it's the after of the before and after because he can never go back to who he was before and he right. can't figure out who and what he is now in the after. Yeah. Which is Which, crazy because he, he still has the memories. He still, you know, he, he knows what his favorite food is. But that's yeah. trauma. But the thing about, yeah, I was going to say trauma because there are people who've been through major car accidents or cancer or surgery where the life before and after, they are that person, but they are not that person anymore. Yeah. Right? But, but what I'm saying is, okay, so for me as an audience member and for the writers, okay, so I'm, I'm mm-hmm. taking a step back. I'm taking a step out of the universe and just thinking of a writer wanting to communicate that message to me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how a uh, brawl in the, uh, uh, the, the mess the, hall. The mess hall it, it does that and then uh, and and then Saru allowing it it was like okay we want them to fight but we want it to be sanctioned who can we get oh we're gonna blame it on Saru it just felt really just kind of like really really guys and then Saru gets you know in trouble for it which I appreciated I'm very glad that Pike was like oh. yeah we're not doing that anymore yeah um, we, that's not the way we we deal with our issues we we talk through them yeah. I'm like where's the star counselor on the ship sorry what did you say that's a Star Trek thing we don't deal with our problems yes. with violence yes right which and, I, I I loved I loved I, I wrote what in big capital uh, capitals with a question mark exclamation point underlined they just destroyed uh, Saru's character in my notes because uh, I think that's too far. No, 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 no. And then, and then, because I'm I'm just taking it as I go. And then right afterwards, so it actually flipped to the next page. And then it goes, Pike and Saru deal with it because at least we see There's Saru's a reasoning. Moment. Well, because I'm I'm expecting all we get is Saru going, no, that's it, and then we're gonna just move on. So at least yes. we we saw yeah. the reasoning for it and. Come on, Doug Jones acted the heck out of that part too, where he just, I, where where he's he's going. I'm sorry. When do we get? Uh, what was it? Uh, the Starfleet Manual offers no regulatory guidelines for interactions for humans <laughs> with Klingons grafted to their bones and a ship's doctor returned from the dead, and and he just says it in this wonderfully Snap. snarky way, like, yeah, yeah. Regulations don't cover this, and they didn't even mention one of whom murdered the other one earlier. <laughs> like, right? It's, yeah. So yeah. at least. They were okay, but yeah, it was... I think the fight made sense, but the problem is, is all the pieces yes. that support that, there, it, that didn't work. I mean, that's what They're Chris shaky. has been saying right. all along. Yeah. The fight didn't happen next episode. Yeah, they haven't developed that properly, and yeah. so yeah. It, because it came too early without the, the proper build for it, it's it didn't land. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it is... It is. It's just very strange to me. I feel like they're being, you know, really just short with that character, doing it a disservice, and it's unfortunate because I think they're trying to make it like the emotional core of the crew. You know what I mean? When that and is Spock doesn't... and Burnham, you know, like it, it's... it doesn't have to just be Spock and Burnham because, like, yeah. we had Tilly's adventures and the rest of that. But I feel like Tilly's adventures even had better, you know, build yes. than this has. Well, now we barely see Tilly, and I'm okay she has with that. that. She has the one line in this ep- this episode is wonderful when step um, into my office. Step, step into my office. <laughs> she she bends down. Step into my office. <laughs> what a great moment. Sorry, I I I love her. I love her. Literally every time Same. she's on the. Yep. I'm watching this with my wife and I'm literally saying I love Tilly and Melody's yep. like what what why what's so much love for Tilly? Anyway, no no. I'm, but I'm okay I, with not great. everything being about Tilly in that I want to yeah. see other crew members have interesting development. I just Absolutely. want it to be done well, right. And it's even Stamets is. is Stamets to me is relegated to this very I mean I, I get that he he is trying to figure out how to how to you know um how to live with his partner who's back and how to you know how to be normal again but he's honestly simpering in the way that he's being written he, he's just 
he's just weak. You whereas Stamets, me. right? Yeah. Whereas he Stamets actually makes emotional sense, but again, the way they wrote it doesn't work. Exactly. Oh, he should be confused. He should be trying to deal with that. Well, and he, he never let go of 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 his spouse whenever he died. The whole point right. about you didn't get you get rid of any of my stuff. Like he he never right. moved on, and so he's still holding on to pre disaster him. Again, it's a writing problem. Right. Yeah, well, and, I and agree. they can. I think they can fix it in a few episodes. You know, I think the last thing that Colbert says in the episode is, "Is you you need to move on without me" or something like that. Um, and and they could, you know, they could work it out where he does move on, but now, you know, recognizing where Culver is, you know, present day, and and then you know they they work on getting some counseling, but that's seeing if Section Thirty One doesn't happen because it is. Yeah, there's an awful lot there because that just sounded like a prelude to a, di- a post-death divorce. Oh, right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. Yeah. So. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I, I, I have a feeling this is going to end up a little bit happier than we, we think. This is just the, uh, what, the end of Act 2 in there. Kind right. Of this isn't grimdark Star Trek despite season one. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is just, this is just that moment in, in the movie where you Everything don't understand me. Come on, we yeah. we know we we know what's happening here. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, is there anything else? I've I've pretty much exhausted my notes. Um, but is there anything else we want to talk about before we wrap things up? We're coming up pretty close on an hour here. So, well, next week's episode is called Project Daedalus, and it's directed by Frakes. So, no, Frakey baby's back. Week. So I'm very very excited oh, about that. In the hands of a master. Oh, I cannot wait. I cannot. <laughs> oh, and oh, by the way, so weirdly. Uh, written by next season's uh, showrunner as well. So Michelle Paradise mm. has been announced to be uh, the sh- the co-showrunner with Alex Kurtzman for, for season three. And so she's writing this one, directed by Frakes. Uh, Jonathan Frakes is going to... I just can't wait. I, anything he directs, yeah. I'm ready to see. So A lot to live up to after this amazing episode, though, I have to yeah. say. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I still, you know, I really enjoyed this episode. I still don't think it's my favorite of this season. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really, what is it? Uh, New Eden, I think, is still yeah. uh, one of my favorite, uh, my favorites. But apparently, you know, when I looking, I'm looking down this list, and as far as like people um, rating it, this is number one. I mean, this is this is and pretty, pretty well one or two popular. with New Eden, or maybe an Obel for Charon. Those are or Charon, Karen. Those three are pretty well circling as the top, the top episodes of the season. Mm-hmm. This is good, guys. We've got some really good stuff. Um, not a whole lot of misses. I mean, I'm. I think I'm being so critical of some of these things in this episode just because I love it. I want it to be like really great. Agreed. Um, and so I think there's, you know, they're just they are really doing a, a wonderful, fantastic job this season. Yeah, I can't wait to it's, see it. It's the nitpick of the true fan, not yeah. You yes. Know, oh, yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yes. This is not. This is not. Stop making this. This isn't my Star Trek. Yeah. This is. This is good stuff. It really is. It really is. All right, Tyler. Anything else from you or, or Kate? Anything else? And if not, maybe uh, take us home. As always, everybody, you can follow us on Twitter at The Next Trek or also on Facebook at The Next Trek as well. We'd love to hear from you. Are we crazy? Are we um, way off base? Uh, did you love it as much as we as we did or did you hate it as much as some people on the internet just tend to do? And as always, live long and prosper.